This is an SJC Radio production. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to episode 14 of season 8 of Pit Stop. Joining me for this Le Mans special are Stephen and Joe. Stephen was actually at Le Mans. Joe, uh, as we know, is a newcomer to the WEC, and uh, that's his first time uh, watching uh, Le Mans on uh, television. So the 100th anniversary Le Mans race produced an historic result in the form of a Ferrari victory, uh, the first since 1965 and 50 years after their last participation. Funnily enough, somebody did predict that. Joe predicted a Ferrari win. You and I, Steve, we both predicted a Toyota win. In all fairness, um, we made those predictions before the balance of performance adjustment. Okay, so, Joe, um, tell me how much of the race you managed to watch over the weekend. So, over the weekend, uh, I've managed to watch about five and a half hours, there or thereabouts, and my plan is to try and slowly watch it, watch all of it. Were you able to watch the start of the race, or were you playing cricket at the time? No, I was playing cricket pretty much all day, so when I got back, I managed yeah. to watch a bit, and then Sunday I had work to do, but managed to watch it sort of intermittently. And so I'm speaking on Wednesday, so I've sort of managed to watch sort of six, well, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, sort of six or so hours. Yeah, so. that, that's really impressive. I um, I watched uh, pretty much all of it. Um, so I watched the start through till about 9.30 at night, then I went to bed, got up at about 7, and I watched from 7 all the way to the end I went out for a couple of short walks then I would put the radio coverage on so yeah, pretty much watched all of it uh, hi Joe as um, as your first um, uh, experience of um, sort of watching Le Mans how did you how did you find it how did it did it sort of pique your interest as you as you hoped it would yeah definitely I think there's loads and loads of action which is something I've picked up from from work which I've really enjoyed um, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point where the uh, Porsche Jota team has just crashed and then sort of somehow the team's managed to flip it around in four four laps, which sounds like a long time, 
to an F1 fan, but a 24-hour race, sort of come to realise that's, yes. that's pretty good. That, that, that was such a shame. I think IFAA was absolutely gutted because they were leading mm. at that point. And um, it was, oh, it was it looked as though they had replaced that Jota team, which is pretty pretty incredible because yeah, if it, memory serves me correctly, they'd only had it since Portimao. They'd only just... Uh, it, well, actually, only, only a week before Spa, in fact, well, less than a week before Spa, the, the week off Spa, they, they, they collected it, yes, they, they, right. they, 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 they're absolutely amazing with it, yeah. So that's pretty exciting, and also I, I haven't been able to fully shield myself from the result, so the idea that Ferrari have won, for me, I think that's, that's definitely very interesting and pretty exciting, the idea that it's not just Toyota battling for the wins, although I think as I've mentioned beforehand, yeah. I'm not sure I mind if Toyota wins every race, as long as the racing outside of that is as good as it seems to be. But with yeah, Ferrari winning, sure. that's that's great for the sport. Yeah, very very much. I think I think it's um it'll it'll um it'll get much wider appeal um just outside of say a, a, a Toyota winning. I think Ferrari winning is the ripple effects of that will be enormous. I think it'll draw a lot of people in. I think hopefully it will. Mm. Well, uh, well, the next round is at Monza. Ticket sales before yeah. Le Mans were up five hundred percent before Le Mans. So yeah, so I mean the it's, <laughs> the crowd is going to be enormous yeah. at Mans, obviously. It's, it's going to be enormous. Absolutely. Was it was it big? Was the crowd big in Le Mans? Uh, I, I, I I've never been to an event. I've never seen so many people in one place. I, I, I've been to Le Mans for many years, as you know, but I, I've never seen a crowd uh, anything like it. It, it, it was abs- the start was absolutely packed. Um, to the point where, for the first hour, I could barely see the track. So I was watching it on a bit of a screen with a sort of a, you could see little, you see the cars go by through the people, but I couldn't I couldn't see the whole track Gosh. until about an hour in when we did actually start to migrate a bit and people just sort of move around a bit and we could actually get to it. But yeah, no, first hour I didn't see the track at all. So it was that many people there. It was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, one little grouch I would have. Um, is that I'm not I'm sure you're aware the 2024 calendar has been announced uh, yes. there's no Silverstone I know I know gutted gut I was so hoping that Silverstone would be back next year and alas it's not no I completely agree with you I mean, I'm, maybe for 25 who knows but yes gutted about that gutted you know it's that. funny you should mention that Joe because I wrote um, I put a posting on the um, midweek motorsports uh, facebook page saying how disappointed i was with next year's calendar the fact there was no silverstone the fact that sebring has been replaced with cotter the fact that the season opens in qatar uh, and actually what i wrote resulted in about 63 replies and an awful lot of likes so it seems that yeah uh, you're not the only one that sort that, of thinks yeah i follow WEC fans are of the same opinion. They want to race at Silverstone, they want to keep Sebring, and they don't want these races uh, in the Middle East on these bland mm. F1 facilities, which will attract no spectators. It's daft, because I mean, Sebring, about 100,000 people at Sebring, mm. um, obviously 300,000 at least at Le Mans, you'll have probably 70,000 at Spa, you'll get probably 80,000, 90,000 at Monza. WEC should be continue should continue to go to these venues which are going to pull in tens of thousands mm. of spectators you go to qatar there'll be about 300 people there mm-hmm. one good thing sorry about that calendar just before i before i stop talking about the calendar before i stop droning on about it 
I think the addition of Sao Paulo and Imola are definitely positives. I think that'd be very interesting. Very much so, yeah, very much so. I, th I think Interlagos is always a good addition, actually, and they, they, they did race that about 10 years ago in WEC, and I think it was a great circuit to go to. Imola, of course, a great circuit, as we know, and um, I think it'll race well, yeah, definitely. I, on that subject, Joe, I mean, I, I, in my the thing I posted, I said it's great that Imola's on the calendar. I'd rather see that as an addition to Monza as opposed to a replacement. Mm. And also, Joe, I'm going to go to Imola. Right. I, I'm going to go to that race because I because I can basically because I you know got no yeah. work commitments. <laughs> now, Joe, uh, going back to your impressions of Le Mans, what impressed you the most? Of, of, you've seen about five hours so far. What What's impressed you the most? The scale of it. I think the track's definitely the longest slash biggest on the calendar, or at least it's the longest track I've seen a race around. I'm not sure I've ever seen a Nordschleife race. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the scale of it and the amount of people there also, you can, I wasn't there. I'm sure Steve will give more better testimony to this, but the, the atmosphere seemed excellent. Um, also, I like the special liveries for Le Mans from the from the Porsche. Yes, the yes. I think they looked excellent. Yeah, I think, yeah, on that on that subject, I, I've criticised the Peugeot before. The Peugeot looked much better in that colourful livery as opposed to the black and grey. And I have to say, it did. I it did. I love the I love the Porsche. I think that Porsche one was amazing. I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it really did, it, and, and it looked um, it looked as good in, in 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 you know on the track as it does in in, in the pictures. No, it was a, a great um, for once um, a great Porsche livery. I completely agree with that. Yeah, the, 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 the Eurosport commentators kept on um, saying that the the, the 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 Porsches reminded them so much of the Porsche nine six two nine five six. I agree. Mm -hmm. From the front, it looked just like the nine six two. I think mm. that for me, it's the best looking hypercar. I think it looks amazing. It's a great looking car, uh, very much so. Um, I think, I you know what, I think, I think all the hypercars look look amazing actually, and uh, um, uh, and even even the Peugeot in that new colour scheme um, look great I as well. I like the Peugeot so, without the rear wing. It's something different. I quite like. It is something it, very much so. It's something different. That's what I like about it. It's something different, different concept, and I think that's um, and that's what hypercars should be. Uh, they shouldn't all be. In the old LMP1, they all looked a little bit the same, but in, in this new hypercar era, they are very, very distinctive, and, and I like that very much. So, Joe, you're off to the Isle of Wight Festival for a few days. In fact, you sort of. Is your plan. I'm mid, I'm pretty much just packing. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going off to school tomorrow and then sort of staying there and Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, you'll have a great time. Great Is time. your plan after the Isle of Wight Festival to watch the rest of Le Mans? Yes. So, it may, may be two weeks or so going at the rate I am right now but yes yeah it's interesting Joe, actually because although, although you've only seen about sort of um uh five or six hours of it you've probably seen more than I have because of course although I was there um and had sort of access to the screens I, I probably haven't in any way seen it as as in-depth coverage as you have so I, I'm hoping to catch up with that at, at some point through through the next few weeks and uh, and try and try and uh, try and watch as much as I, as I can as well but uh, no you're well ahead of me in that although I was there I I, I inevitably saw less than you um in terms of what was going on so yeah right yeah yeah it's great so i've definitely caught the WEC bug now brilliant brilliant well i, I, I tell you what your your um your, 
at some point you'll be going to your first Le Mans and um, I'm quite envious because the, the first Le Mans trip is always, is always amazing. It's quite mind-blowing, actually. And I, I've not been back for about nine years and it was it was really special being back there again. So uh, you've got all that to come. I'm, I'm, I'm quite envious of you. <laughs> Joe, we'll, we'll, we'll let you get on with your packing. So thanks, thanks for your input, Joe. It wouldn't be the same without you. So enjoy the Isle of Wight. Awesome. Thank you very much. See you guys later. Right, um, Stephen, can you... Um, I want to know a little bit about a little bit more about your experiences at uh, at Le Mans. Can you tell us briefly how you about your travel arrangements and also what your accommodation was at the circuit? Yeah, well, um, normally we would um, uh, book the camping through the ACO, the Automobile Club de la West. We then book a separate crossing, and then we then when we were down there by our by our race tickets. Uh, at the ACO. This time, a member of our party um, uh, purchased a package from Travel Destinations, who are a uh, travel agency that specialise in in motorsport events. And this was their glamping package. So this was, um, uh, what you got in that was your your tent uh, already set up, um, and you had on-site catering. Uh, You had to pay for it, but it wasn't included in the price, but on-site catering was available if you wanted it. And you had, uh, showers, and, showers and toilets were, were maintained to a very high standard, and the whole the whole site was sort of secure. Um, within that package, you also got the cross uh, the crossing booked and the your your week's race ticket. So um, we did it slightly differently this this time round. I think that from my point of view, uh, the camping side or the glamping side worked really well. I've always done it the more basic way before, but certainly it made the whole experience for me. Um, a bit better because I wasn't wasn't yeah. quite so tired. Um, come come the end of the week, actually, I felt felt quite fresh. So yeah, it, it and if if I were to do it again, which I probably will, I would definitely go that way. Yeah, I think uh, I think again. if I ever go back to Le Mans, I probably will. I would probably have to do it um, that that way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think I think it, it, it for me it was money well spent. Although it, you know it, yeah. it, it was it was quite expensive relative to what we've done before. Yeah. I think it was worth the money. Now I want to know. I want to know about your sort of personal experiences, things that you saw that you experienced from, I don't know, the Wednesday onwards. So, so can you tell us a bit more about things that, that you sort of witnessed firsthand? Yeah, well, we, we sort of arrived down there about six o'clock uh, in the evening. Uh, at, at that time, they'd already had uh, one session uh, had already happened. And, and actually that surprised me because normally when we get down there about six o'clock, they're just about to start evening practice. Um, once we sort of um, got down there and, and had a bit of a meal, we did go to the, um, well, I forgot to mention our campsite was, was located on the inside of the Porsche curve. So um, what was the, all we had to do was walk oh, under the bridge. I thought it was the outside of the Porsche curves. It was the inside, right? I know. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's the company, but, but we had access to that. So to get to the circuit, we had to walk under the bridge and then into the, uh, the travel stations, Porsche yeah. curves in, you know, encampment and onto the bank there. So we did see a little bit of um, uh, night practice on, on Wednesday night, but only a little bit. Um, and then uh, for Thursday, we obviously had um, a hyperpole. Uh, and we also had one of the Road to Le Mans races as well. So we sort of watched that and, and we sort of got ourselves uh, ready for uh, for hyperpole in the evening. So that was, that was exciting as well. Um, but during that day, we also um, did things like, for example, yeah. go to the museum, which is one of the highlights uh, for me, one of the highlights because this this particular year, being the centenary year, they, the, the array of past winners they had there was was amazing, and they've done it in such a way that the 
the sort of museum led you through a path really through through the years really and and all the all the famous cars are there um it was the most impressive display of collection of, of cars I think I've ever seen actually and uh, and, and interestingly there, we, were, we queued, had to queue a little bit to get in and every time I walked past the museum there was always a queue even during really? the race there was still a yeah. queue to get in so yeah it, it was yeah. a very popular yeah. attraction so what about yeah. so that was Thursday about, uh, that was Thursday Friday, yeah. Was, yeah. There any, was there any track action on Friday well there was unusually Friday is normally no track yeah. action at all and uh bit of free day and, and normally we, we would we'd sort of wander down to the pits which yeah. kind of open all day and uh and have a look in the pits and have a wander around the village this time it was a bit different in the morning they had two races on um which we went to see one but that was a bit disappointing because it's ba- basically two racing laps and all the rest of it was under safety car that was the friday oh, really? challenge race so it wasn't much of a race yeah but the, the pit lane didn't open until 3 30 so we kind of queued up to get into the pits at 3.30 and that's a fun fight. And bearing in mind how busy it was at Spa in the pit lane. Um, I'm quite surprised you went. Yeah, it, it, it was. Quite surprised you went to the pit it, lane walking out. Well, I mean, we, we, we went to, I can say I went to pit lane. I didn't oh, actually really see any cars particularly because yeah. it was just absolutely heaving. But more than that, they opened the track to the public. So they, the track was, and, and in the past yeah. we had done a track walk but it's been with with normal traffic so the the entire track was open to yeah. ticket holders so from the pit lane we then walked onto the track and then walked the track clockwise and wow. there was no traffic or anything so it was people cycling it oh, walking gosh. it you know scootering it um and it was absolutely for me absolutely one of the highlights of, of the yeah, trip was I'm that sure track was. walk um um and i hopefully they it's just not just a yeah. one-off they'll do it hopefully year after year because it was amazing and and, and um down at Monson they had they had they've got some ice cream down at Monson Corner they had various various stands are sort of set up and there's all sorts of things going on at Monson Corner and then we, we sort of walked up um the rest of the circuit but it was just a lovely way to spend you know two or three hours um on, on a nice gentle walk that, that was a real real highlight for me it was to put it mildly an incident packed race I've never seen so many crashes in a race before um what what things did you actually see firsthand did you, did you see any sort of lead changes any incidents yeah we saw one is when we were on the the, the tet rouge bank the inside of tet rouge we did see the um the coming together yeah. i think the proton porsche and yeah. the yellow iron links porsche that sort of i think there's another car involved i can't quite remember but that sort of happened right in front of us actually quite slowly actually and um and then the um, the, 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 the yellow iron links Porsche was 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 damaged. I don't know if that was a retirement mm. or not. I don't know, but um, so that happened right in front. Of that was quite dramatic. The other incident we saw was that when we were actually at the Porsche yeah. curves at night, about eleven o'clock, the number twenty three United Autosport seemed to have lost its brakes and really? took to the escape road, yeah. the old circuit, and I, I think clattered into the barriers that that stop you um, going any further. So when it eventually emerged, it was minus its yeah. tail. And did a sort of five or six point turn yeah. to get back onto the onto the track. It did make it way. It did make it back to the pits. But I think Tom Bonkis was he was a bit beaten up oh, after really? that crash. Actually, it was. Um, I think he. Yeah, I, I did hear that he was. Um, I don't know if he was a bit concussed or what. But yeah, he did um, suffer a bit after that one. But that happened right in front of us. So you know, it's quite quite again dramatic. Yeah, quite dramatic. I think that the, the, the last thing I want to talk about is what did we learn from this year's Le Mans. So, I mean, uh, what I learned from it is <laughs> the hypercar class is 
unbelievably competitive. There were there were thirty-five yes. lead changes between eight cars. Um, yes. Now they, yes. they were Daily Sports Car were comparing this year's Le Mans with oh gosh, I think it was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven because twenty eleven had sixteen yeah. LMP one, so they had the same number of cars in the top category, and they were just comparing the races. Now I was there in twenty eleven, and that was a bit of a classic race between Peugeot and Toyota. But I would argue yes. that um, this is the Mon was was far more far more competitive because in in twenty eleven, yes, you had probably three Audis, um, three Peugeots. They were the turbo diesels, weren't they? But the other, that's right. The other ten cars in the LMP one category, they weren't um, competitive, were they? The race was only between no, the, the I, turbo I, I, diesels. I, whereas this year's Le Mans, um, apart from the the non hybrid cars, the um, the Glickenhauses and the the Van Wall, all the the hypercars had a chance of winning, didn't they? They did, yeah. They they, they did. They they were all surprisingly competitive, actually, considering this is for all of them their only their fourth race. Um, so yes, at, at various various parts of the uh, the race, um, uh, various cars kind of came to problems. So yes, it was extremely competitive. It, yeah. it, it really was. And I, I actually, yeah. in fact, they're commenting this on this in, on on Eurosport. Now we always hark back to the Group C era. You know, we grew up, you know, with with the Group C era, and we've always said that was the that was the best ever era. I would argue that this is even better because, you know, I hark back to 1985, which I think was like the greatest year ever for sports car racing. But actually, all the all the cars were Porsches, and there was a couple of Lancias, yeah, and that was it. And you were talking about what year were you, you were talking about? Or somebody's talking about the 19? No, it's Motorsport magazine was saying that 1988 was probably the most competitive Le Mans ever. But actually, yeah. that was just a battle between the factory Porsche team and the factory Jaguar team. And that was it, really. Yeah. Um, as, I, as I said just now, um, in, in this current hypercar era, we've got um, every um, hypercar manufacturer is in with a shout of winning. We've never had that before. Yeah, that's right. I, I think a lot of it that's is. down to balance of performance because it is a balance of performance class, whereas in the old days you had a formula to which you built cars to and those that did a better job yeah, won the races. In this case, it is, it is about a performance class, um, and I think it's only going to get get better because yeah. we've got more cars coming next year, and also the existing cars are, are also going to find yeah. more performance. So, um, I, I, it, I think it's going to be great, I, I, and um, I think the, yeah. the future's bright. Yeah. Absolutely, definitely. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I will certainly have to think about going to Le Mans, if not next year. Well. I think I'll have to return at, 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 at some time. I think. I I, th I think you should. I think in this in this particular era, I think it's um, it's, yeah. it's well worth it. Yeah. Certainly from what I saw um, this year, um, I think it'd be, I, you need to go. I, I think, not, and it'd be a shame I might not to, go to, next to year because my intention next year. year is to go to the Imola round and also the Spa round. So I think maybe yeah. maybe the year after, or maybe as we said before, the hundredth yeah. race. Well, that that will be a good one as well. Actually, an, an, another another uh, another milestone race. Absolutely, I think I'll, I'll yeah. certainly be aiming for that one. Is there anything else you took away from Le Mans this year, Stephen? 
Yeah, I think I was I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised by the performance of the Peugeot team because I think going into the race, um, you know, you, you, you were a little bit concerned that they were going to be a little bit of an embarrassment, really, although they, they had a, a better spa. The first two races were just as disastrous, really. Um, but in this race, they were competitive. And I think it's clear that the concept they've come up with, which is different to the other manufacturers, was really designed with Lemoyne in mind because they were competitive. And when I went to bed... Um, I don't know, sort of half 11, 12 on Saturday night. The order was 51 Ferrari leading 94 Peugeot from the number yeah. seven Toyota. And that was, that those three, that was pretty static for certainly the half an hour that I, that I was watching f- from that point. They, they did actually have a period at night in the lead. That's right. I, I learned that afterwards. So that was, that, yeah. and they didn't just end up in the lead through, through charts we were dropping out. That was a genuine a genuine on pace and on merit leading the race and and I know they had some slight reliability problems towards the end but I think everyone was pleasantly surprised how well they went and they both finished they, they, they certainly had the pace when the track was slightly damp right. that, that's when they were at their fastest when it fully dried out their pace wasn't wasn't quite so good but that's right now whether that concept will be any good for the remainder of the season or the remainder of the wet the wet races i don't know but certainly lamar where it was clearly designed for it, it it certainly worked and um i i was very pleasantly surprised i i think the purchase are a little bit of a fan favorite because they are a bit different to the other yeah. the other hypercars and i think that's um that's a good thing because I, I i like the difference in um I, in the cars and, and, and different concepts that are raised. I, I mentioned in my introduction about the, the balanced performance change. Um, yeah. Now, how much how much weight was added to the Toyota? And Toyota weren't very happy with that adjustment. Yeah, 37 kilos. Yeah. Um, which is quite, I think, quite a big adjustment, particularly as there wasn't supposed to be an adjustment. No. I think to have that out of the blue was, was, and I think that did inwardly, Toyota must have been seething on, on yeah. about that one. Yeah. Um, and I think... Hmm. Uh, what do I feel about that? I don't know really. Um, it, it probably did blunt their performance a little bit, but I think, again, Toyota were were competitive with Ferrari throughout, and I think had had they had not had that last spin off at Arnage um, from here uh, yeah, um they would have won because of course Ferrari had difficulties restarting the car. So I think had they just stuck with Ferrari eight seconds behind, yeah they would have won the race so they they lost it i think on on on, on that final um that final what you could say is that a takeaway point from the morning is that the balance performance now is is pretty much spot on you could argue i think so yeah i think so i think because although porsche had a you can say a a bit of a disastrous race they were when they were running they were they were they were competitive and and certainly during qualifying and hyper so I think the the Porsche is almost there performance wise, but of course reliability it's not. But yes, I think. But I but think going, um, they are all competitive. But going back to your earlier point, there should there wasn't supposed to be a balanced performance adjustment before Le Mans. I think the problem with this is what's going to happen at the start of next season. Are we going to see sandbagging from a number of the teams before mm. Le Mans in the hope there'll be a balanced performance adjustment? So I'm disappointed yeah. that balanced performance adjustment was made. However. Yeah it did result in, in a very, very competitive race. And it might not have been so competitive had that adjustment not been made. What I would say, mm. another takeaway point, and I mentioned this earlier, is that the non-hybrid cars probably need a little bit more help. I'd like to see a change in the, the BOP to help those, the, the Van Wallen. Yeah, 
And I think I think that's more probably to do with the fact it's not the fact they're non-hybrid. I think it's probably more to do with that they're non-factory, yeah, so they're privateer efforts. And cer- certainly, um, and, and, and this is always the case, wasn't it? Back, back in the day when um, you know the Pescarolo is going to make the Peugeot. Um, if you're not a factory team, you simply can't put the resources yeah. in. You simply can't get that performance. And, and so, yes, it's not just the, the lack of hybrid. I think it's the, the lack of being a factory yeah. effort. So, yes, they probably do need a bit more help, I think, because all the factory efforts are going to be hybrids. Um, you'll only go into it as a non-hybrid if you are a privateer, I think. Another thing I, I, I couldn't get over was how aggressive the racing was, particularly in the early laps now. You know, Le Mans obviously is an endurance race and, and normally people sort of, you know, run at a set pace. The sort of overtaking manoeuvres wouldn't have been out of place in a sort of, in a, in a single, in a very short single-seater race. Um, really you, you know what I put this down to? I put this down to two things. Number one, because of the, the balance of performance, all the cars are pretty equal, aren't they? Um, so... Yeah. But also, what I've just had a thought, actually. You look at the Ferrari squads and the Porsche squads, most of their drivers um, came up from the GTE Pro category last year, didn't they? And we know that the GTE Pro category, the racing was very, I would say, aggressive. There's also quite a bit of contact, wasn't there, in the GTE Pro category. Yeah. And so those drivers... (laughs) Um, they're slightly mad, aren't they? And we've got those drivers in the, in the hypercar class. Uh, I, th- yeah, I think we're yeah, seeing yeah. the sort of racing that we'd normally see in the GTO, GTE Pro class in, in, in the top category. Um, who's the the Porsche driver who was who crashed on, was it, was it Sunday morning, who was just driving like an absolute maniac? Kevin Estra. Kevin Estra, right. he was just, I mean, it was just unbelievably exciting watching him, but my God, the risks he was taking. But I think we'll leave it there. Um, perhaps you could come back, Stephen, when we, after the next wet round, which is at Monza, and that's actually next month. So you can yeah, come back sure. and, you know, Absolutely. talk to us about that. Yeah. Next week, it's going to be back to the sort of usual service. It's going to be myself and Finn talking about what's been going on in the world of MotoGP. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well